0: Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to Candidly Speaking. If you are new here, my name is Carrie. I am the host of this show, and I am simply just a TV and radio personality who really enjoys talking with people and sharing their stories with anyone who cares to listen. I am super happy that you're here, and I am excited to share the story of another amazing and talented friend of mine. Today's guest is my wonderful friend, Shobana Rao. Shobes is a creative who works in post-production in Los Angeles, California. She's a Midwest girl through and through, having grown up in the Chicago suburbs and then attending DePaul University. Her first job after college kept her in Chicago, but a particularly cold and wintry day gave her and her roommate Katrina, who I actually interviewed in episode 83, go back and check that out if you haven't, gave them the itch for something new and somewhere warm. Together, they decided to take the jump and make their way out to LA, where they both soon landed jobs in TV and entertainment. Today, Shobes is a post producer for short form and branded content at Motor Trend, an American automobile magazine that has a monthly circulation of over 1 million readers. I love having other people who work in TV on this show, and Shobes was a really interesting interview because I know nothing about post-production. So it was so interesting from my point of view to hear everything that goes on behind the scenes after the filming is done and everything that goes into creating content for whether it be a client or whether it be something that they are producing on their own. But it was so interesting, and it just proves that the world of entertainment and TV and creation and creativity is never-ending. Please enjoy my conversation with post-producer, Shobana Rao. Shobes, welcome to the show. How's it going? How are you? How are things in LA?
1: Uh, thanks for having me. LA is, you know, it's on fire a little bit, but yeah. we're we're surviving.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what's the temperature like there? I want to hear about it because we got snow here the other day and it's been a little chilly, but LA has like one like temperature or forecast I feel like for the whole year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've this is something I've learned is that it will it's like a 30 degree range and it it'll fluctuate between like it'll be like 80s to 60s in the summer and then it goes down to like 70s to 50s. Oh. <laughs> <the future>. So <laughs> we're, in our, we're in our we're early period right now we're still like sweater weather. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like the Midwest. That's for sure. Oh my gosh, I love that. I part of me really
0: loves the variety of the Midwest, but then I go to LA in January, and I'm just like, oh, but
1: this is great too. <laughs> I love the idea of seasons. Like, I'm going back to Chicago for about a month um, for November, and I'm so excited to experience fall again, and then leave like right before the sub zero temperature comes, and I like, come back to the oasis of. Los Angeles. So that's really
0: ideal. That. If you can do it, I feel like that's like the ideal way to go about it. Yeah. To get your picks, get your like time in, get your sweater wearing in, and then just be like, all right, I'm out of here. Yeah.
1: Like go feel the crisp air. Remember why I left. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Well, let's on that note, let's dive in. Where did you
1: grow up and what were you like as a child? Oh man, I was a loud, I was loud. Okay. <laughs> Just a child. Um, I grew up in, so I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, in the suburbs specifically. Um, I grew up maybe 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, and then I ended up going to college in the city. So I'm like a Chicagoan deep down to my core. Um, but I was definitely, so I'm the second child out of two. And I definitely came out like loud and in charge and like... <laughs> hair everywhere. I was like, I'm here now and I do art. And everyone was like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I love
0: that. I love that. You're a Midwest girl. What suburb can I ask? Because I, my mom's side of the family is Chicago Polish. And so she has tons of relatives Elgin. uh, She has some Algonquin and then in South um, Chicago too. just, I have tons of Polish family.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I so I grew up in Woodridge, which is like a tiny little village that's really close to it's like kind of in between Naperville and Downers Grove. Okay,
0: sure. Yeah, so familiar.
1: In Bolingbrook, Brooks, so like the western suburbs.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, I, and I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, good. You go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna ask if you liked growing up that way is it ideal do you look back on it now like in this kind of like light where you're just like oh it was that's how I feel about my like where I grew up at the time I was just like oh my god I can't wait to get out of here but now that I'm older it's like oh but it was such a cute little bubble that I lived
1: in and it was kind of idyllic and it's definitely picturesque like you don't realize and this is so like you don't realize how good you have it and like as a kid like to be able to grow up like in Suburban Illinois, where like none of your problems are real, and you have a <laughs> yard, and you know, like all your friends are within five miles of each other, and like it was obviously as a kid, I was like uh, angsty for no reason because of course I was, and we I was, all like, were. I listen to my chemical <laughs> romance, and I can't wait to leave, but I look back, <laughs> it like, was so nice. Like yeah, it's like it was a very easy life.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And so high school there, and then you mentioned college you and you mentioned also that you were artsy and just loud from the get-go so did that translate in high school and then in college as well
1: oh absolutely yeah it's and it's funny because my older brother is like a math prodigy like numbers are he's like pure math he he sees math as art like it's that's so profound yeah it is it's like very beautiful and lovely but at the same time I was like okay cool so like you have a clear trajectory and like They keep just buying me paint sets because they don't really know what my deal is. Um, But no, like, yeah, I was, I was always artsy and like, I, I grew up my, it was really important for my parents that we both played instruments. Like I grew up playing piano from the time I was like five and I was always painting or like cutting pieces of paper and like leaving a paper trail everywhere I went. And then in high school, I subbed out all my science classes for like ceramics and like drawing and all that stuff. Um, but what really got me going was, I think I must have been like eleven, and my mom's sister also lived maybe like five to ten minutes away from us, and she has a daughter that's a year older than me. So my cousin and I, we grew up together, like basically raised as sisters. And I think I must have been about eleven and she was probably twelve, and my dad had this like old camcorder that he like got a new digital one because, you know, the times. <laughs> Digital was like all the rage in the mid 2000s. And so he like gave us this old camcorder and like we would just like mess around with this camcorder. And what we didn't realize at the time was that we were like writing and performing sketches. And yeah, they were bad because we were <laughs> children, but like we were still like honing that like that improvisation and that creativity in this way. And it, it slowly kind of just manifested to a point where both of us were getting ready to go to college and we both were very into is extremely talented to this day um she actually just got her master's at afi for screenwriting and we kind of had this moment i was like well i know that i want to be i want to go into the arts in some way like i think maybe film and tv like something i really cared about was like how young women were represented in the media at the time which in hindsight was like very open like it was very um what's the word, like, self-aware of me? Yeah, no like 18 kidding. year old to be like, I care how children's ads are. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but it was just, it was, like, this little thing that, like, really turned into this moment where, we're both like, I think, I think it's film. Like, I think it's film and television, and I, I just, my gut's telling me that's where I got to go. And so we kind of collectively, like, as a pact, decided to study it together, which I don't, I don't know that I would have, I don't think I would be where I am if, she hadn't been at my side, you know, like we were in it together.
0: That's so cool. And I love that you just felt that way. And you were just like, this, this feels good. This is fun. I'm going to do this.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Cause I'm, we're both first generation Americans and it's a classic, you know, my parents are so supportive and I I'm so grateful for that, but it was when I told them, they're like, well, you know, maybe, this should be a hobby. Like you could do, maybe you should be like an architect. Like you could go to dental school. Like they, my dad's still, my dad's a dentist and he's still trying to get me to go to dental <laughs> school. Like, it's not too late. Like, I don't want you to practice, dad. Sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I hear that a lot from first generation Americans that they're, and it's by no fault of their parents, but their parents, like for the, their parents, the American dream was like, you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or like, you know, and that makes sense. Like that symbolizes your child being okay in their future.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing is it, it never came from a place of malice. It was always, you know, you you fear, there's a fear of the unknown with that, right, is that they know what is going to set us up and provide a future and an income for us. And, you know, it's like they, it, it, all of my grandparents had really intense stories, actually, but like to come here and to like, my dad's a dentist and my mom is a computer scientist. And then for their kid to be like, I'm going to do art. like <laughs> And they're like, well, okay. Like we want you to be happy. And like, we, we worked hard so that you could like have a better life, but also like, we want you to be able to provide for yourself. And so yeah. there, was, there was that moment where I think they realized that I, I just like, wasn't going to give in. And they realized that like, okay, if it's something that she cares about so strongly, like she'll be successful in it. And yeah. I, I'm so grateful for having parents like that. Cause I don't think a lot of people do have that where the, they were like, you know what, we're not going to change your mind. We might as well support her.
0: Yeah. Well, and as long as they've instilled in you, honestly, and it sounds like they did that work ethic and yeah. the desire to, you know, succeed in whatever you do, it's like, it might not be a sure thing quite like being a doctor or a lawyer is, but as long as you have that work ethic and they've instilled that and in, in you, you're going to be successful in, in whatever you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, yeah, that's, that's the nail right on the head. Like we, from day one, it was, you know, you work hard and that's, that's period, full stop. Like you yeah. work hard, but yeah. it's, it is that thing where like education was such a like central thing of like learning was super fun for us because it was facilitated. It was like, oh, it was exciting to learn something new. And all of our games were are, were fun. I always joke with Kat that like, you can't lose when you're learning, which is like the nerdiest thing you could say, but it, I, I like genuinely believe it. I'm like, oh, my grandparents say that. But, like, I also say that. Like,
0: That's so cute. I love yeah, that.
1: It's, yeah. But So so yeah, that was definitely like a central thing. And I think that, and I mean, this is just something that I picked up is that it's, it's true. Like if you care about something, you're going to find success eventually. Like, yeah, you might fail a couple of times, but it's going to be on your way to to succeeding if you care about it it you know like no one ever succeeds at something they don't care about it's true
0: and if they do it doesn't mean anything to them they're just like meh whatever you know so it's yeah yeah so tell me about college you went to DePaul is that where you met Kat Yes. Yep. Okay. So were you guys roommates or like, how did, and were you guys like instantly friends? Cause I just, I see you guys and you guys are like, (laughs) so like, almost like twin flames, almost like, I feel like you're just like met for each other, like in a friend sense, you know, you have those people in your life. Oh yeah. So was it like that right away with her?
1: No, that's it's funny that you see that. Yeah. So it's, um, so Kat is a year older than me. And so the way that we met was we, so we both were in like the film school and she was doing set design and I was doing more like television production and like the theory stuff. But we met because we both were a part of Dance Marathon, which is, I don't know, um, it's like a very specific, like a lot of universities do it, but if it wasn't at your university, you might not know what it is. So Dance Marathon is basically a, student organization where you pledge to stand and dance for a certain amount of hours. Ours was 24. And the whole thing is that you're raising money for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals in your local area. Okay. And the idea behind that is, you know, like a lot of these kids are spending their whole lives and their childhood stuck in these beds, unable to live, unable to dance, unable like, just, they just have to sit there because of chronic illnesses or, you know, any whatever. And so the idea is that we're standing and we're dancing for these kids that have to like live their lives in these hospital beds. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and so it's like a really great organization and it's really fun and it's not just like fund fundraising is a huge aspect of it, but what really matters is this like 24-hour event where we like bring the student body together and we we kind of stand together in solidarity. And cat was the event management director the year before i was and so it's funny too because i always say that um i always had like a friend crush on cat because i saw her like when i met her like i was a year younger so i entered the organization later and when i met her it was like her with her like cool bleach blonde hair which was like obviously like i'm a indian woman and so like bleach blonde hair would i don't know i personally think it would look terrible but like if i could pull off any haircut or like any hair, it would be like bleach blonde, like super gray. Like, I just think it's so chic and cool. And so I saw yeah. her and I was like, oh, who's this cool lady yeah. with this? Like- and she
0: still rocks yeah. it too. I love her um, like yeah. bleach blonde hair. They're cool little like pixie cut almost. Like it's so cute. Yeah.
1: It's um, So this is not timely, but she just dyed it darker. <gasps> she finally gave yeah. in and it's it's gone now. Yeah. That's I know. Sad. I love yeah. her. I mean, it's hard. I know, not everyone know.
0: Can, not everyone can pull it off. So I feel like if you can pull it off,
1: it's like you should. But yeah, she finally caved, and it's it's a slightly darker blonde now.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, All right, so yeah. you guys met there, and yeah, you had a friend crush on her.
1: Yeah, and like I think it's so funny because she's like, wow, because I met like I met Shobes at this basketball game once, and I didn't know anyone, and she and like this other girl was just like so friendly and like nice. And like, I thought they were so cool. And I was like, what? I thought you were so cool. But like, we weren't, we weren't friends at first. Like, well, this was like two years before we actually became friends. Yeah. And so, so basically she had, she was event management director her senior year, which is basically like the one that is in charge of the planning, like the, the logistics of the event and then running it on point and like being the point person on site during the 24 hour event. And then the next year, I got that position, and so I was like, "Perfect, I'm going to use this opportunity to force her to be my mentor friend." <laughs> <laughs> and which, like, it ended up being legitimate because I like had questions like, "Why I read but the wheel?" I'll just ask Cat all of these things because she, you know, was that she was the person before me. Um, so that's how we kind of built a relationship, and it was a very working relationship. We like never—I don't think I hung out with her once as a friend until we both graduated. Wow. Yeah. And we were at an alumni event and it was for Demonthon. It was the year after we, which is the name of our dance marathon is demon. We are the blue demons. Oh my gosh. I and love so, it. Yeah. So the year after we're at this alumni event and I'm just talking about like my living situation. I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Like I just am trying to, I'm sick of having like shitty roommates, frankly. Like, yeah. And she was like, you know, I bet we would live really well together. Like we both like are pretty logical people and like, I think we're very similar. And I was like, yeah, actually, I think we would live really well together. And it was just like this casual conversation that we had in an alumni event. And then like two weeks later, we were looking for apartments together. And like three weeks later, we signed and we're living together. Like I, every, our entire relationship has been like a total whirlwind. It was like, we were like proximity acquaintances until like, we it was like zero to 60. It was like, then we were living together. Six months later, we both like, we're like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to have like a cat And then a week later we had a cat Yeah. and then six months pass and it's like February. And I'm like, man, it's like, I don't want to be here anymore. It's so cold. Like my hands hurt all the time. (laughs) Like do you want to move? And she's like, yeah, I'd move. And then like the next thing we knew we were looking for apartments in Los Angeles. So yeah. Funny how it, how it worked. So now, yeah, now she's like my white, like we we are basically emotionally married. Like I know you guys are together. You guys
0: are so great. And you have a child, a fur child, we I mean. Do.
1: We do. He's
0: Yeah. You know, he's so beautiful. I just, you guys, <laughs> I I wish I could visually, like, show you how beautiful their cat is. But we were talking before he needs to get an agent and be signed on for the he's, kitty commercials because he's so stunning.
1: But he's like, I don't want to bring, I don't want to, like, boost his ego, you know? He kind of... But you could be a stage a mom. mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I want. I want him to be, like, the kind of famous person that like Paul Rudd is where he's like really good at what he does but he's also just like a nice humble guy
0: normal yeah Paul like like, I could see Paul Rudd down the street and he would look like any other dude you know what I mean yeah
1: he's just like trying to have a nice time and like Bo, I don't think I don't think fame would he would take well to fame oh okay yeah I think it would ruin him well
0: we need to keep him humble you know
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I I don't, I don't think that he's emotionally in a place where he could handle.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's big, you know? Yeah. So, you know, the casual Instagram, uh, appearances. That's best for right now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So tell me about your first job out of college and then we'll get to LA, but first I want to hear about your first job out of college and what that was like, you know, coming from, theater and what you studied did you know like right away when you got to college like this is this is the job I want or was it kind of like a rockier road to figure out your first step
1: yeah so it's actually funny my first job out of college because I when I was still in school and I actually so I was I got my undergraduate in film and television and but I also did a master's right away. So I did a five-year program. Oh and nice. I so I started my master's while I was still in an ag- undergrad. And then I took an extra year and I got both basically in five years. It's just this school program that Paul offers. Nothing to do with film and television. It was relational communication, which is basically oh. social psychology. Yeah. Interesting though, wow. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely, I learned a lot about myself and I became very self-aware in that time, which if nothing else, so I'm super grateful for that program for that. And it like gave me a minute to actually like think about what I wanted. So that was, that was really great. But when I was still in undergrad, I started nannying for this family and it was this young couple and it just so happened that they had this like experiential marketing events company that they had just started. And so just so we, happens. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, wow, that's crazy. I have experience <laughs> in live events. Like this is what I, and at the time, you know, you're I'm studying film and television, but I'm also like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll take anything. Sure. I'll do events. Like it's still planning. Why not? And like, I was doing Demonthon at the time. So like kind of events is where my focus wasn't anyway. So like, yeah, maybe this is the direction I'm supposed to go in. And so I started, I was just like, yeah, you know, like if you ever need me for stuff, like total hustler, like, yeah, like, yeah, call me. And so I started like freelancing their events and obviously, like, it was kind of weird because I was, like, their nanny, so they trusted me in this, like, personal way. But at the same time, like, I was also, like, working for their company. And so it was, like, a very weird in-between. And then, like, I, I stayed with them. I was nanny for them, like, through, from, I think, my my senior year and then, like, after into grad school. So it was, like, about two years. And then when I was about to graduate, it was kind of this moment where, because I was doing more and more work for their company. Sure. And, like, I... Their company was brand new. So I was kind of with them from the, the beginnings, really. Yeah. And it was, re- they did really cool stuff. Like they used to work with they, they Their whole belief was, you know, like art is at the center of everything. So they would pull these like local artists and like bring, create these spaces. And it was like just really cool stuff, you know? And so like, that's where I thought I wanted to be. And they were trying to expand at the time. And we had this kind of candid conversation where it's like, I am so close to you guys. And like, obviously I'm your nanny, but also like, I, I know your company. And so it was like trying to find space for me. And they're like, look, we are going to make you our executive assistant because you are already kind of in that space. And I was just like, yeah, okay, great. That'll work. And, you know, at the time you're trying to first job out of school, you're just trying to like get a job. And, yeah. and to have something is in my brain, I was like, yeah, you know, like, I I, I love the work that they're doing. I think that their events are amazing. They're working with amazingly talented artists and like creating spaces that are just really innovative and cool. And at the same time, like, I am now like attached to your child that I've been dating for two years. Yeah. And so I took it, you know, they offered me to be their executive assistant and I took it and, you know, six months down the line, I'm, I'm realizing that, oh, I signed up to do like your personal errands and not actually work for your company. And I wasn't good at it because I didn't want to be doing it, which is, that was a huge learning point for me where I was like, I hustled so hard to be a part of like business. And I, I wanted to be a part of it. And I think that they wanted me to be a part of it too, at that point, but it just six months in, we were all looking around and I'm like, I, this isn't right. Like, I don't want to, sell your car and like run over to like watch your kid midday like I want to be planning events like I want to be working with the artists I want to be like building the spaces for you and it just like that's not where they had me positioned It just like wasn't right and so we parted ways and it was like it was a very much like uh we all wanted it so badly but it just like that's not that's not where I'm at and that's not where you at so like we're, we're gonna part ways yeah which is kind of around the same time then like so that happened and I was sitting around for like a month or two, and I kind of just realized I was like, I think I need like a major change. Like I've been living in Chicago my whole life, and I always knew that's not the only place I ever wanted to live. And that's it kind of all snowballed. And like I'm grateful, I'm, I'm grateful for every experience that I had. I wouldn't take the time I had with that company and that family for anything. Like I learned so much, but at the same time, it taught me a big lesson of like you'll know when something isn't right because like your gut, like, you know, it's like you, you, we all wanted it so bad, but at the end of the day, like it just, it wasn't right.
0: Yeah. And that, I mean, you mentioned just like knowing in your core and knowing in your gut, you know, some people have a, you know, yeah, it's in their gut or it's in their head or their heart or whatever it is, but they have this knowing that like what's going on isn't right. And that's from like a job standpoint. That's from like a relationship standpoint. It's from like a friend standpoint or whatever it is, but it's like, you can't describe it, but you know that this isn't, this isn't right. And it's like, you have to have the courage to like listen to that, even when it doesn't make sense, maybe like, I'm sure they were paying you decent money. I'm sure like, it wasn't, it wasn't what you wanted to be doing, but I'm sure it wasn't like hard work. So it's like, I'm, maybe I'm not like working my butt off, but like I'm making decent money or whatever, but it's like, but this isn't right. Like, I know I need to be doing something else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I th- I think that was a big part of it too, is that like, they, they just, it just, it was kind of just like a, it sucks sometimes, you know, and a lot of, I feel like a lot of people have like horror stories of their first jobs and like, I wouldn't ever paint mine as a horror story, but it was definitely like a like a sad parting of like we all just like wanted it so much, and like we were in the trenches together, and they were just starting to build up, and it was like this moment where I was just like, I mean, maybe maybe one day there'll be space somewhere else, but like this, the thing that you need me to be is not the thing that I am, and I'm never going to be that thing, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. So, it, it what made you guys choose LA like what happened I mean we touched on it some in yeah Kat's I'm sure interview. Kat already
1: told you the story but well, little. Was she that- was like you guys just like we're like hey like let's go here
0: and then <laughs> well, you- yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well that's yeah so basically and I know I, I remember this so vividly but it was a, maybe a couple of it must have been like a month or two after I parted with that job i was kind of freelancing here and there like just searching for other stuff like trying to figure it out and now so to bring you guys into the weather scheme of it we're we're sitting in like february time now so february the worst in like logan square (laughs) and we were at the grocery store we were at the rooftop mariano's on webster we'll never forget it (laughs) i miss mariano's every day but we where I'm like carrying this gallon of milk and it's freezing and I'm just like already miserable. I'm like, you know, you're a little bit in the dumps. Cause like this sad thing happened and you're like trying to figure, find your way, carrying this cold ass milk in my hand and my hands are freezing. And I just like looked at Kat and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> I like, truly that's what happened. She, I, I was just like, do you want to move? And she's just like, yeah, I hate my job. I'll move. <laughs> at the time, because she was working at the, her first job out of college and yep. like was also miserable and like just rough in it. And we kind of just had this moment where it's like, let's like, let's move. We don't like, have to ooh. be here. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're both Midwest ladies. Like she, she's from Nebraska, but like she'd been in Chicago at that point for what, like six or seven years now. Yeah. And so we, we drove home. And we started searching and it was kind of, it was a race. So we last... It was the consolation was going to be Los Angeles, but neither was wanted to come here, which is funny. Cause like we both work in television. So it's like, so of course, I think you need to go yeah. there. <laughs> but you know, like a hardy hearty Midwesterners were like, I would never move to Los Angeles. Yeah, like, No way. Like, but so we, we started searching and I was looking in like the Bay area and like Denver, she was looking at Portland and San Diego. We all great made- cities. Yeah. All great cities not great for television also like no one wants to hire you when you don't already live in a place is it's a true big lesson, big lesson I learned yeah and so you know we we told our landlord we weren't resigning. we knew it was like August 1st you gotta be out better find a place and it was just getting closer and closer and like we were sending our stuff into like the black hole abyss of resumes just because like that's how it goes and so July rolls around and both of us like oh, we gotta go to LA. <laughs> yeah. No one's getting anything. It's our best option. Like we're probably both going to find the best opportunity there. And so we, we decided like at the beginning of July, we're like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna go to LA. Like my mom and I are going to fly out. We're going to find us an apartment. Like neither of us had a job. We were just going to figure it out. And it was, it was truly serendipitous. Like I've, I've never experienced anything in my life before where everything just like, fell in line so perfectly that like you couldn't help but feel like this it was right yeah like talking about how when you know something's wrong yes. like, and you make a choice and it's I'm it's just like everything just fell into line like we my mom and I flew out here we had three days and we ended up finding a place I signed for it we got the place it just so happened that at the time my cousin was leaving her job to go to grad school, which this is now she's graduated already, but, and she was like, oh my gosh, you should apply for my job because I think you'd actually be really good at it. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll take a job. That'd be great. <laughs> and so I interviewed with them when I came to look for a place. And then I ended up getting that job, which is where I'm at now. And so like all of those things just fell into line. And like, it just worked out that like my brother was able to drive the moving truck for us because he's the kindest person in the world. So he like was able to drive me across the country. So we didn't have to like sell all of our stuff and start over. And like, we were able to come here and Kat was able to find a job like three days into her being here because she through the grapevine heard about the position and that's her job now. And so it was just like, everything kind of just worked out in this way, which is so funny. Cause like we both were, really dragging our feet to come to Los Angeles. And I'm so grateful that we did now. like, I can't imagine my life not being here. I love that story. And I love what you said about how sometimes
0: when things just fall into place, you're just like, all right, this is totally the right choice because it, c- it could not be because all of these things are happening. And it's so amazing. We heard it in Kat's episode about how things just kind of worked out for her. And now we're hearing it now with you, how things just kind of worked out tell us some about what you, what the job is that you got. And one of the things I want to talk about, especially is that you work in TV, but post-production and in Kat's episode, she's a producer and I'm an on-air talent host. And so I don't know anything about post-production. I told you that before we started, I don't, you know, I can edit my podcast. I can edit my YouTube videos, but there's so much more when it comes to post-production. So we're just jumping into the abyss and I might sound like an idiot with some of the questions (laughs) I ask you, but I want to know what post-production is like.
1: No, I'm, I mean, I'm still learning every single day. I'm learning something new and it's, I said this earlier, but you, I don't think anybody knows about post-production until you get into it. Cause like they don't really, you know, you, you take editing courses and you like learn about frame rates and all of this stuff, but then you get in it and you're like, wow, there's so much here and I know nothing. Like I'm still, I learn something new every single day. Yeah. It's been two years now and I'm like, still, I'm still there are things that'll happen and I'll be like, huh. I feel like I should have known that already, but here we are. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So, so the position and it's, it's funny to look at the fact that my cousin had this job because she's so like, she's a writer. She's always been a writer. Like she's a creative, she's brilliant. But she started at this company which was called Studio Ten at the time. And she got thrown into this post production coordinator role. No idea what it was, didn't know what she was doing. It was just like, I'm here now. And I'm like it was a brand new department that they were starting for short form video. And the whole idea was that it was gonna be daily episodes that live on the um, live on the website and it's So I work for Motor Trend Studio, which if you're familiar with Motor Trend Magazine, which is like the car magazine, we do Motor Trend of the year. Like that's yep. our big tentpole. Um, I work in the studio. So there's like tons of car automotive content that's going out. That's video. And that's where we are. And which is hilarious. I don't know anything about cars. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I was like, wow, cool. Like, and I'm like, let me just stop you right there. I don't know yeah. anything. I don't know anything about cars. Um, please don't please don't assume that I
0: do. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, will people ever be like, what do you think about the new BMW X5 300,000, like new cup yeah. seat holder thing or majigger? And you're just like, yeah, have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. I used to, when I would care, I'd have my badge on me and I would go to the Trader Joe's for lunch sometimes. And the well, one cashier was always like, Oh, the new Corvette C8, right? And I was just like, can I just, please just let me buy my mac and cheese. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If it's me then, that's all I know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, Um, which like, I've obviously like grown to love and appreciate automotive culture in this way, but I still like, I know, I know nothing and I
0: can openly admit that. And I think sometimes, honestly, and again, like I'm, I don't work in post-production. I know literally almost zero, but it's nice to have someone who's not uh, necessarily a gearhead or obsessed with cars because you will bring a perspective that's like, well, I'm not obsessed with cars, but I know how to storytell and I know how this should look. So you're bringing that perspective. That's like, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you're just bringing a different perspective of how to get things done.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned that because it's everybody in the studio is that way, and you do have some automotive enthusiasts in the studio, but for the most part, we're all like content creators. Yeah, and so we used to always but had with the magazine guys because they're like, no, this is the story to be like, guys, trust us. Yeah, like, I know, like it's it's totally always finding a balance between like what what the car guys are telling us is important, like we have to tr- like we trust them and we lean on them so heavily because like they're the experts. We're not the experts. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know anything about cars like even the guys that know some things like that the magazine writers are the guys that we really lean on them but at the same time we have to kind of convince them that like okay i see that you think that this is important but also what about this you know like let's maybe like shift over a little like this is gonna tell this is gonna read better on camera like trust us um so that's always a fun little game we play And the product involves
0: both of those, you know, the final product, having a good, successful final product, whether that's a article on the website or a video involves a little bit of like their car nerdiness and you're like SEO, like attention grabbing, like knowing, you know what I mean? Like you need all of it to make the pie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like we, when we first started, it was definitely more of a struggle, but now we've, we've really grown to, we've have our rhythm now. And like we all, they all know us and trust us just like we know and trust them now. So it's we've come very far. Um, But yeah, so to that point, when I started, I ended up I started as a post production coordinator, which um, at a base level, basically post production is as soon as the thing gets shot, and the footage comes into the into the house. That's where my job begins, kind of. Not really. It starts way before that, but like, for, like post production begins when we get the footage, and then it's you know it's um prepping the footage, getting it to an editor, getting it edited, making sure graphics are in line, like making sure music and everything else is in line, getting it reviewed, making those revisions, getting it finished, like mixed and colored, and then assembling that to deliver the final product. You know, like that's it. That's the really the post production workflow at a very base basic level yeah um you know so when we started we we were just you know we were doing daily videos and it was editorial purely and it was going to our website and it was very like simple for the most part and I you know I didn't know anything about post-production but I um I definitely am grateful for this job because what I realized was like, I've always been a very, like I'm a creative person, but at the same time, like I love structure. Like I love, Oh God. Oh God. Okay. You just opened so many things on my computer. Okay. Um, take it back. So basically what, what was I saying? Um, You've always loved structure. Oh yeah. I've So yeah, I am a, I'm a creative person, but I also, I'm a very like analytical and logical sure. thinker. Sure. And what I realized was there's this beautiful thing called post production where you get to be, have a creative brain, but also like bring order and structure to the world where, because you know, you're running around with a bunch of creatives and producers and editors and artists and you get to be the one that's like, guys, I see your vision, but please refer to my very dense spreadsheet. That I <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, it's great too. Cause my boss is like, we're two peas in a pod with that stuff. Like we, we love coming up with tracking systems and like organizing our information. And I didn't realize, you know, you nobody ever tells you it's like, Oh, you love structure, but also like love art. Well, here's a place you. for it, you. Yeah. Yeah. it's it's kind of funny that I like fell backwards into this position because it ended up being perfect, you know? And like, now I'm a post producer at this level and it's just basically my whole job is making sure that everybody has what they need and is like doing what they need to be doing and like taking care of the team. And it's, it's so much fun. And it's great because like, at the end of the day, I still get to be a part of this process where we're, creating content. And like, I get to see it from start to finish, but I'm also like, not like in the weeds with it. Like I get to, I get to use my like analytical brain a little bit. So it's, it's, it ended up being perfect, honestly.
0: Yeah. I love that. Is that like what you envisioned coming out of college? You know,
1: you had a vision for your first job. Was that it? No, I truly, I didn't even have a vision. Like I, I've always been very practical about that where like, I never have a five-year plan. I just, I always really looked around at like what was around me and like went for what I thought would be the most interesting, but what I also thought like would make me the happiest at the time, which is kind of how the grad school thing happened. Like I was, I went to school for film and TV because I genuinely felt that like that was what was going to bring me happiness. And it did. And then I went to grad school because it sounded interesting and I was like, I don't really see any other options. So I'm going to do this. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we came here because it was like, it seemed like a good opportunity. I I fell into this job mostly out of desperation, but you know, and it's, I'm, everyone always asks like, oh, is this what you ever wanted to do? It's like, no, I never even thought about post-production. I didn't even know what it was. You know, like I I thought I would be like in a writer's room and I'd be a writer's assistant and then like go into development. Like that's just what I thought I would do. But what I feel like a lot of people don't realize is there's so many more, aspects and like roles to play than we think you know you're in school and you're like okay there's the director and the writer and the talent and then like the producer but then you get out here and you realize that there are so many other like roles to play and like, yeah. places you can fit in and so like for now I love post-production I'm so grateful to be here I'm lear- I learn so much every single day I feel like I understand production as a whole a little bit better just because I see it at the end that being said, like, do I think that I'm going to like do this for the rest of my life? I have no idea. Like yeah. I really don't know it. like when the next opportunity presents itself, if it's different, but it's sounds interesting and viable, like I'll probably take it. Yeah. I have no idea. It's funny
0: you say that because I, you know, being from the Midwest, of course, like I'm so uh, far away from holly Hollywood or whatever. And you know, you think of Hollywood and people go to Hollywood, and it's like you go to be an actor or a model and it's like but there's so many other things and I'm always reminded of that when I watch the Oscars because they have all these awards that are I'll be honest like not fun for me as the viewer because I don't necessarily care (laughs) about sound mixing and uh, best original you know choreographics things or best original whatever it is or even like the set design they have all these awards for like mixing original thing you know what I mean and I'm reminded that like not everyone goes to Hollywood to be an actor. Like some people go to Hollywood to like write things or design costumes or to um, produce, direct, uh, mix music, like mix sound. Like, so I'm always reminded when the Oscars come that like there is so much more than like I'm going to Hollywood to be an actor. Like, no, there's so much more that goes into creating Everything that is a film or even what you're doing, whether it's a segment or a show or whatever it is, there's so many aspects of it that a lot of people like me who grew up in the Midwest, like don't realize are there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's, that's exactly what my experience was on. It's funny that you're like, it's so crazy that like, there's all these things, which is, it's like my biggest thing is I love watching like the sound design and like there's sound mixing, but there's sound design. And yeah animation like I love all those because it's it's the unsung heroes that you don't hear about and there's so much there's so much that goes into even like the content that I do like I do short form content that's usually like branded or like for our for our on-demand website but there's so much that goes into like even those little things and then you look at these like large-scale film productions and there's like you know there's hundreds and hundreds of people working on it and like yeah you see the credits and they roll and you don't like register that it's like every single one of those names was like a thing that had to happen to make this seriously and yeah it's it is vast it is truly vast and it like it is amazing at like how how much goes into this stuff and there's 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 a lot of opportunity which is not something that you realize when you're when you are in the midwest I think
0: yeah. Well, you're so far from it. You're so removed. I mean, and yeah. I think in the mid, I mean, for me in Wisconsin, which isn't that far from it, we were like neighbors basically growing up, yeah. I feel like. Totally, <laughs> but, no, yeah. I mean, LA is one direction and it's Hollywood and then New York, which I think of as like very literary, very, um, you know, theater and a lot of modeling and stuff out there. But you're, you're really so far from both of them. It's almost like foreign, you know, I see Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and Margot Robbie, and those are the big names or even the directors and whatnot, but all the other stuff in between, it, it doesn't register as much just because you're so removed from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, you can't, you don't know what you like until you start to do it. Are you like, there's so much, it's so funny. I still remember this, but in, in high school, one of my teachers was like, half of you are going to have jobs that don't even exist yet. And like, I didn't even know existed. like, yeah, it existed before me, but like, I didn't know that any of this existed, and now I'm in it, and I'm seeing, like, how how much opportunity there is, and, like, there is something for truly everyone, and for, it's, like, it's so frustrating to, like, have grown up as this, like, artsy kid, quote unquote, because there's no real path for yeah. us, you know? It's, like, if you're good at math, great, there is a path for you. If you're good at science, great, there's a path for you. If you are eclectic and artsy and just, like, are a creative person, they, you know, like, society- he doesn't know what to do with you as a kid.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Which, like, in part, I guess, is what helps you develop and like lean into your weirdness, which allows you to be great at what you do, you know. But it's 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 frustrating to be look at it now and see how much opportunity there is, and then look back at like my childhood when like I was so in the dark, you know. Yeah. I
0: love what you said about leaning into your weirdness that maybe that's like my motto for life. I feel like just lean into your weirdness. Yeah, honestly, just lean into it.
1: It's there. It's going to come just, out anyway.
0: It really is. And if you're hiding it, like, wh- I mean, it'll I'm come lying. out in other ways. I feel like.
1: Exactly. That sounds exhausting. And it's not worth it. Yes.
0: Yes. So tell us, um, first of all, I would love to hear about what your job is like in quarantine because you are working remote and you told me before we started recording, you guys are going to be remote for probably a while into 2021, which makes sense to be safe. But what does, how has that affected how you do your
1: job on a daily basis? Yeah, so it's, (laughs) um, honestly, I don't think my department has ever been more productive in this time that's crazy it's crazy yeah so when we it's actually funny because I took PTO I took like a three-week-long vacation and right before all of this stuff happened like in February it was like because I mean like like COVID it kind of happened within like a three-week period where it escalated so quickly yeah and so like you know it was it was isolated in like China and like Eastern Asia for the most part. And like you saw it here and there in Europe. But so I was actually on vacation and I got back the day before everything shut down. And I remember because I was like, I got, I got back on a Sunday and it was like that Monday that I, it was March 16th. And I was, I texted my boss. I was like, I don't think I should come in. I was just all over Europe. Like I'm going to quarantine myself for two weeks. And she's like, yeah, that's probably smart. Like do that. And then Monday rolls around and she's like, Yeah, um, we're transitioning to remote right now, so just like hang tight, check your email. Like, I'll be in touch in a couple hours. Yeah, (laughs) I was just like, oh, okay, I'll be here. (laughs) Like, yeah. And so it was like overnight where they all transitioned, and so we were all remote just all of a sudden. It's just like the call that Discovery made because Discovery is Motor Transparent Company. Okay. They're like, there are. It's a joint venture. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's some weird deal that I don't understand where like they don't own us, but like we're affiliated with them. So I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Just
0: we <sighs> report to Discovery. I get I'm so confused by who owns who and whatnot. Like I have to remind myself that ABC is owned by Disney and like, mm-hmm. you know, and then like ESPN is also owned by Disney. And I'm just like, I get so confused by like, who is like the parent
1: company of like who? <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, Oh cool, who owns Discovery? And I'm like, No Discovery owns Discovery. And they're like, Yes. Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. But yeah, so we so we went remote and it was it was kind of this beautiful moment for my department because everybody was just so panicked to try and like stay afloat that people stopped asking us for things. Oh. And people kind of like ignored us for a little bit. So we as a department like as my team was just like, We have a moment here where we can invent content that like you know we're we're in this time where we we can't just go off and do whatever we want and produce whatever anybody wants like we get to define what we can do here and it was such an amazing learning experience because it was truly my boss looking at us and saying like guys let's take this opportunity and like do something with it and like let's turn everything on its head and it was like oh I don't just have to like Go by the rules, like you can take these moments and realize, like, oh wait, no, we we're playing this game, but like the game is broken, so like let's just invent our own rules here, and that's, that's so what we cool. did. It was yeah, it was it was so cool, and so we basically took a moment, identified like, okay, what can we be doing in this time? Okay, we can do Zoom recorded content, we can use archival footage and stuff, like. Motor Trend is so vast, like we can use all of this archival imagery and footage to tell cool historical stories. Like we can be doing graphically driven things. And we basically just like came up with an entire content strategy and executed it in this remote time, which is like so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Not anything I would have ever been able to do, like if we hadn't gone remote. And, you know, now we, that was kind of the primary goal of ours. And then we stopped doing that because the branded content stuff you know, cars are still getting revealed and like clients still need things done. And so we've now we're pretty much just doing branded content work, which is like, basically a client will come to us and say, you know, we want, we want a one-off video or we want a custom program. Like I'm, I'm post-producing on a travel show right now. And it was, yeah. And it's very cool. (laughs) car. So it's actually a really cool show. The whole idea is that it's, it's a drive share that our host goes to six different cities and using a drive share app picks a really cool car from every city. And then like goes and drives around. There's a host that comes that's local and they experience the culture and, you know, like it's automotive related for the most part, but it's really cool. Like, um, the first episode that already aired was in Miami and he has like this vintage um, I think it's a Mustang and or like a Ferrari and he like drives it around and it's, yeah. So it's just like a, it's a cool more. um, What's the word? What's the word for, Oh my gosh. It's going to kill me. Mm -hmm. I can't even.
0: It sounds kind of like
1: Anthony Bourdain, but for cars instead of food. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that, and that's kind that was kind of the inspiration is yeah. it's like, it's the cultural aspect yep. of the automotive industry. You know, it's like, you can get so bogged down with like, Oh, how many horsepower in your yeah. engine is this? But it's like, there's, there are people and there's passion behind culture that like uh, the automotive industry is like, it's old and it's like beautiful in these ways, which is something that I've really grown to appreciate. But so, you yeah. know, it's like, it's stuff like that, that we've, we've been working on in, in, And we've become really, really busy just with, you know, we, Motor Trend is a, a, we're a name and there's like stock to that name. And so a lot of companies are coming to us like, oh, wow, you guys have this name brand, but at the same time can produce quality content. Like, heck yeah, we want to hear quick. So that's kind of where we're at now.
0: Sometimes I hear, is it like Chevy or... One of those truck companies that brags about being the Motor Trend, like, truck of the year or whatever in their commercial. And, like, so that carries weight because they're touting that in their commercial.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that. yeah, Motor Trends, car, truck, and SUV of the year. Like, that started in... The forties, I think are like the early fifties, you know? Yeah. So 1949, I believe was the first issue of Motor Trend. And then I think maybe 51 was, and I like hate that I know this, but like (laughs) 1951, I think was the first awards, but like, they've been doing it for, you know, all that time. And it's like seven years now. And so like, there's weight to that name and it's, they've been a part of automotive culture and like the enthusiasts like it's an enthusiast magazine and it's just like kind of a class my joke that when I tell people I work for Motor Trend magazine and they're like oh Motor Trend that sounds familiar I'm like your dad probably subscribes to the mag my dad subscribes to the mag this is the first time that my dad actually knows what I do (laughs) that's so cool I love that you know that's that's awesome
0: I mean it's so cool that you as a team got to like re Reimagine what you were working on, and it's a testament to the fact that uh, you didn't just like kind of pause and be like, "Oh shit, what do we do now?" You were like, "Wait, we can actually like kind of play around with what we do. This is an opportunity, instead
1: of a hindrance. This could be an opportunity." Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's a great way of putting it. Is that the minute that it happened, and this is just like a testament to my management team, and I I'm so I think they're wonderful. They are so. Just like, they're not only good, good and great people that like make you as a person feel like seen and heard, which is insane in this time. You know, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't get that or like get to have that from their from their management, but they also just like understand what needs to happen and they they are like visionaries in this way. And so when it, when we went into lockdown, it was just, we turned around the next day and was like, okay, well, let's invent some stuff because the old stuff's not going to work. And we're not just going to sit here on our butts until everyone says it's okay. I love that.
0: So are you, are you just doing like a lot of, what are you doing from home? Like what does, you know, normally you would go into the office, but you're doing a lot of that from home and you said you've been incredibly busy. So are you, uh, maneuvering things? Are you editing some things? How are you, how are you adjusting to what's going on?
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't physically edit anything, but I am the one that kind of like maintains the calendars and like manages the projects and every, like all of our, all of our guys, like we've, we've to hire out a lot of freelance work just because we are so busy. So I have it we have staff editors and staff graphics guys, but we also hire out for a lot of these projects. So the bulk of my job is basically just making sure that all of our current projects are on track, you know, checking in with everybody to make sure that everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it, building new calendars, like setting up new projects and, Kind of just like making sure that we're not missing anything. So was, yeah. even beforehand, most of my job was just like sitting at my desk on my computer. So now I just sit at my desk at home. Yeah, <laughs> it's not much different for me. It's mostly our editors that now are just like editing remotely, and sure. we have to do a lot more of like physical hard drive handoffs, which is my actual nightmare. Yeah, yeah we're we're slowly getting better at it, but we it's. To that point though, like we have completely transitioned into being like a functional remote studio or like that's
0: incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're still, you know, making new shows, like you said. So that's incredible that you guys have been able to adjust. And I'm sure there was a period where it's like, okay, how do we navigate this? But I mean, God almighty, it's been I mean, um, I mean, we're coming up on a year in March. It'll be the when this happens. So it's like we have we had to pause for a little bit. But now it's like we have to learn to to go. I mean, we just go in a different way.
1: Yeah. And I I think that there was a huge difference between like a lot of people were like, okay, well, this is temporary. So we'll just like we'll just hold and wait. And uh, like, obviously, for like for Katrina, her production is a live set, right? So you can't just, like, you have to just kind of wait. There's really not any getting around it. Like, you can do the Zoom content here and there, but it's really just not the same. Yeah. So for a lot of people, they did. They they didn't have any other option other than to just, like, pause and wait and, like, hope that this would pass. But luckily, we were, I'm in a position where it was like, okay, well, we don't really have to answer to anybody right now. And it's not like, you know, we have a set show structure. So, like, yeah. let's just... Let's just create something new until somebody tells us to stop. Yeah. <laughs> then no one told us to stop. So. That's so fun. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah.
0: So tell me, you know, we kind of touched on this before, but like, what is your dream job? Like, what is your ultimate goal? Would you like to write something? Do you see yourself being a writer? I mean, you said when you were younger, you guys were writing stuff. It was bad, but you were doing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely thought I wanted to be a writer for a long time. And then I kind of realized that I was like I, you know I'm not good enough at this to make it and I also like don't think I want to try <laughs> um but no I think I think are just like development I mean my dream job is to be in my, my very talented cousin which I will never stop talking about she's so smart and yeah amazing but she is like she is such a talented writer and so to be able to like be able to produce something with her like take one of her like something that she writes and they get to develop something together. Like that's always been the ultimate dreams. So like what, what it, and that's, I think that's what any of us ever wants to do is like, I just want to make f- cool content. I care about with my friends. Like that's, yeah. that's everyone's dream. I think. Oh my um, gosh. I love that. And it's so full circle. Cause she's the one you started
0: like doing yeah. it with when you were a child. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. Cool. Exactly. And like, we just, yeah. So I think to be in a place where I can be producing the content that like we develop together. Like that's the ultimate goal. But like, I also just want to work with people that are and this goes back to the whole representation thing. Is like, you know, I'm, I don't want little girls like me to, to have, have what happened to me. We're like, you know, you don't realize that there's opportunity there. And like, I didn't know that. And I think Mindy Kelly makes a joke about it. She's like, I didn't know that Indian girls were allowed to be in the industry. Like when she was interviewing for never have I ever like hundreds of thousands of like South Indian women and girls showed up and she's like, I didn't know so many of you were allowed to be in the industry. It's like, yeah, yeah we didn't know. I didn't know this was an option. I thought I was like a rebel. And then I'm looking around. I'm like, wait a minute. There is opportunity here. It's just like not being represented. <gasps> Look at that, yeah. And so like, to be able to work with voices like that, like even like Aquafina or like Hassan Minaj, Lily Singh, like all those guys, just like people that are making content that is creating this space for like other people and voices. And that's any of that. That's just like where I wanna be and what I wanna be doing.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think it. I think of that too, with like women directors and and even uh, women of color who are writers and things like that. There are so many African American women who are some of my favorite novels. I'm a big reader, so some of my favorite novels of last year and this year have been written by African American women who just are killing it. Like they are such good writers, and it's almost like it's not the, I mean, even women writers, there's so many men writers and, but it's, they're having a moment and it's so great to see. And it's like, it's like you said, it's almost one of those things where it's like, I didn't know women of color were like allowed to do this or allowed to be this or women in general were allowed to do this. I mean, there's so many times I see the phrase girl boss, which I think is great, but it's like, isn't she just a boss? Like, is it does yeah. it have to be girl boss? Like, I didn't know a woman was allowed to like just be a boss. Like she always had to be girl boss. You know, it's right. I I just love what you're saying, and I totally could not agree with you more.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that. And that's, you know, that there have always been people out there that are doing amazing work. And I think that there is this moment right now where like, we're finally taking a step back to celebrate and make these people heard yeah, and make these voices heard that like there just wasn't space, but they always existed, but like they weren't getting any visibility. And now we're all kind of starting to like take a step back and like provide that space, which is like, that's all we ever needed was to just create space because there's always space for diversity and opportunity. And it's like, Ugh, I won't get on that soapbox, but you know, it's, it, it is no, it is an exciting time to, to know that it's only growing and growing and we're only thing to hear more and more voices like that.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, all we have is space and time. So like we've got all the fucking space, like let's give it away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the people. Right, exactly. And, and, like and, there's yeah. no, unlimited space. Everyone can have space.
0: Seriously, I love that. And I love that that's something that you're passionate about. And I totally see that for you in the future. And I think it'd be so cool, especially with your cousin. I mean, what a full circle moment. What kind of writing does she do? Is it like a TV show
1: or like, what does she, she does everything. She, <laughs> she, so she just graduated from AFI and, um, she's already got like a couple of really awesome ideas. Like I know she's got a really cool pilot. She's got an animated series idea and she's got like uh, I know she's got a feature film idea. She just like, she can do it all. Wow. So and it's cool. all like, it all, and it's all like centered around like most of her characters are like young Indian women. Cause you know, right. What, you know? Yeah. So yeah, she's already getting like so much interest and like, she's already doing really great things. So, um, I look forward to the day we'll have like the resources to be able to actually like produce the thing in, in this way. But you know, we've all, and we've been together. So I said it's so funny. Cause she also went to, she went to Loyola. Uh huh. just like we both went to college in the city and then she moved out here and then I ended up moving out here and so it's kind of it's, uh, I think it's inevitable that we,
0: we get to that point I think so too I think it's going to happen thank you, thank you so much shows for being here I appreciate hearing your story so much and I'm excited to see what you do and I'm just grateful you gave us the time and I'm grateful that Bo showed up too because he is always <laughs> the star of the show yes that was creative and post-producer Shobana Rao. For more inspiring interviews with people like Shobes, head on over to com slash podcast. If you are digging the show and coming back week after week, it would mean the world to me if you went to Apple Podcasts and left us a rating and wrote a short review telling everyone why you like the show. That means so much and really helps the show grow. So if you are so inclined and have a little bit of time, please do that. It would mean the world to me. While you're there, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you haven't already, please share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy it and who you think would get something from it. You can keep up with me and the show by following along on Instagram. We are at Candidly Speaking Podcast and I am at carrie.gillespie. In the meantime, for more information, you can check out carriegalesby.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for being here for this interview episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will see you on Friday for another episode of Pop Culture Friday. Have a good one, guys.